This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. If you wonder what the music is, we're in the Delirium Bar in the centre of Brussels and uh, funnily enough they didn't want to turn it down just because we were recording this podcast. Uh, I'm joined with, by I should say, the full-time Liverpool correspondent with Home and Away, thanks for that bang, Paul Ghost. <laughs> Hello Ian. How are you doing? I'm good, yeah. Have you got a pint there? <laughs> yes. Good. I'm joined by the former Liverpool full-time correspondent, both home and away. He's now with a website called The Athletic or something. It's James Pearce, IJ. Hello, Ian. Is this, your first, is this your first time back? No, no you collared me in Naples? Um, Naples Airport. Did I? That was a yeah. shambles as well. Do you remember? We were right under the weather. Oh, the God, yeah, was doing remember that. Yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah. And, and funnily enough, also uh, finishing that quarter, it's Neil Jones of Goal. Ah, uh, yeah, not home not, away. No, and not of Goal.com. Not home fan. Indeed, yes. Back in the glory days. And who, who's own, who owns goal? Does uh, own is it oh, yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thought, thought, thought there was a joke in there. Jamie no, Carragher, you could say own goal. Thanks. Anyway, right, we're we're here in uh, we're here in, yeah we're here in Brussels on the way back. Uh, very long trip coming going back. Having been at Genk, Paul, last night we saw Liverpool get their Champions League. Well, that kind of like run on the off, off their back. Basically, they yeah. won their first away game in five in the group stage having lost the previous four including at Napoli but Liverpool are now in a strong position in the group uh, two wins from three uh, the sec- in second place the three points ahead of Salzburg and uh, a 4-1 win good in the end wasn't it? It was um, Yen Club gave Genk you know his typical public show respect before the game when he was talking about uh, you know their strengths and, and what they're good at but when the team news dropped an hour and 15 minutes before kick-off you felt that Jürgen Klopp thought that he could certainly get at this team and, and basically blow them away with the Naby Keita and Oxley chamberlain in midfield and of course the, the front three and um, he went for it didn't he two minutes in Alex Oxley chamberlain scores on his first Champions League appearance since that knee injury that nearly threatened his career didn't he and um, Liverpool didn't have it all their own way. Genk were very direct at times, I thought, and Liverpool were playing such a high line that Genk could get in a couple of times. It was only until Oxley Chamberlain scored that second one. It was an absolute stunning goal, by the way. Uh, one of the best goals I think I've ever seen live. It was only until then. Genk That's a big shout. No, no, I, I thought that it was unbelievable. Um, Genk were in it, weren't they? Until that second one, and then after then, the, the spark went out to them, and Liverpool made the superiority count. Uh, goals from Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane as well. So, um, very good night to the office, I'd say, and Liverpool are now in a, not so much a commanding position because Napoli are ahead of them, but you'd, uh, you'd fancy them to, to go through at this stage, wouldn't you? James, you've uh, quite a veteran. Thank you for the bang again. You are a veteran of many a European away game. I mean, where did that one rank? Was it just one where they just got the job done against a team that they were better than? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's not right up there in terms of major scalps or anything like that, but I think the pleasing thing was going away in Europe and seeing Liverpool perform with that kind of fluency and creativity uh, going forward because you know, I, was, I was at both the Naples away games, Red Star Belgrade um, and then PSG and, and, and all of those games really Liverpool created next to nothing. You know, it was very much, you know, it was, you know Klopp, for those games went with this kind of solid midfield where he just wanted to try and get control and, and then do some damage on the counter-attack and it didn't happen I mean I think Liverpool only scored one goal in what was that six hours of, of, of action in terms of those four away group games so um, it was just satisfying to you know, go away in Europe and, and, and see Liverpool really take the game to an inferior opponent and just for Klopp's mindset to be look, we're just going to be better than these and alright you know 
with, with this system, we are probably going to be a little bit too open at times. But back back Liverpool to just to be too be, to be too good for them, and that was that was how it turned out. As Paul said, you know, it was a little bit ropey at times first half in terms of the space that they left um, for Genk to exploit. They did look vulnerable, but um, second half was was a big improvement. Neil, were you surprised by the team selection? Because obviously there have been some rumours beforehand that Cater was going to start and Oxley chamberlain put himself forward with his, his display at Old Trafford. It was Cater actually in the, in the second half when he came on. But I think most people are thinking it was going to be one or the other. And yeah. certainly not both of them in midfield. Yeah, I, I, was, no, I was more surprised by Milner at right back. That was the one that, was the one that, that caught me out. I thought Gomez would have started there. I think it's, it's, it's indicative of what's been going on. Gomez this season really that he isn't he didn't play that game you think if you're right your first choice right back and your first choice centre back are out or one of your first choice centre backs then you'd think he would have been the shoe in to start but he didn't. Midfield wise, yeah probably I probably think that was that was the game to play them in, in that together in that in that role. And no surprise it was Fabinho in between them as well. I don't think he could have played them too with you know Wijnaldum say and or Milner even in that, that role. So I, I, I was quite Looking forward to seeing it because so many people wanted to see that them, them two play. They, they they're always the ones really that people turn to if, if the midfield doesn't perform. It's always we need to get Kate into this team. We need to get Oxley Chamberlain. Um, and I thought they both did okay. I, I actually that sounds ridiculous, but I actually don't think Oxley Chamberlain did play that well. But he scored two great goals and, and and sorted the game out for Liverpool. So I thought Kate was better than him overall form, but. The ones that you'll remember is what Gorsley said. There's the two, the two great moments that Oxley Chamberlain provided. In fact, all four of Liverpool's goals were, were really nice goals. Yeah. Now, I wrote a piece, Gorsley, as you'll know, uh, basically suggesting that the, the midfield was a bit of an experiment that I personally don't think we'll see again for, for quite some time. Yeah. Until, obviously, when we were talking a bit earlier and you said, what about Genk at home? And I was like, OK, fine, <laughs> maybe that. But, <laughs> but, yeah, fortnight. Fortnight. but certainly not. In the, what I was trying to get at is that there were times where it was 4-1-5 yeah. and certainly the first half when Fabinho was being asked to do an awful lot and not because Kate or Oxlade-Chamberlain were playing particularly badly but they were just doing what they were there to do they were playing their natural games so it was a, a not a fault but it was a decision made by the manager to see what happened Yeah well Klopp will know more than anyone money that you know putting, putting the likes of Oxlade-Chamberlain and Kate in, in the midfield you can, you're going to concede a little bit of control and a bit of um, just the ability to, to see danger and snuff her out early, which Henderson and Wijnaldum do so well. Um, but on the flip side of that, you get a lot more creativity than you do from those two. So he's got to weigh it up and, and think which one he, he fancies. And when you're playing someone like, like Genk, I mean, you know, we looked through the squad list the other day, I mean, we didn't recognise any of them really. Um, none of them are household names. Klopp fancied those two to go and, and cause havoc alongside the front three. And, um, you know, they've scored four, and it's probably the, the best away, as James says, the best away performance in the Champions League group stages you know, since since they hammered Maribor, which is over two years ago now. So um, you could say he got it right, but um, if Liverpool had a similar midfield on Sunday, you'd fancy Tottenham to cut through them a, a lot more easier than, than Genk did. And Genk even had a couple of chances themselves, didn't he? So um, maybe, it's, maybe it's one to reserve for games where Liverpool are heavy favourites. And you'd expect them to go and create plenty of chances. Do you think there's an issue though in terms of the, you know, it feels like teams are having more chances against Liverpool than they are, in the sense of like, remember the Super Cup when Chelsea obviously had, had that, and that, that was the same issue, wasn't it? Still side flag, isn't it? That was Henderson and Van Alden, wasn't it? Yeah. 
and Fabinho. But they had the Oxford Chamber on the left and Malay. But that was like. It felt like that was chaotic, but really Liverpool would say, well, it's a flat line, so put yeah, the flag yeah. up at the start of it, then it looks like Liverpool defending really well, doesn't it? And all of a sudden, yeah, it's, yeah. That's, that's changed the whole outlook of it. You know, Genk had a goal disallowed, which we still haven't seen a replay for, of why it was disallowed. Apparently it, was it, was off, it, was, it must have been offside. It was disallowed yeah. in the build-up. Yeah, where the free kick was taken yeah. was, was an offside was yeah. position. Yeah. Um, they also had one where Alisson made a save, where it was that looked offside as well. I'm pretty I sure that would have been, been gone yeah. in, that would have been offside. And, you know, as much as you look at it, really, I think Genk only had four shots in the whole game. <clears throat> and one of them probably shouldn't have counted. It wasn't, you know, it, sometimes it, it can feel more chaotic watching it because yeah. you're, you're, you haven't seen the lines of the flag. And, you know, once you, once, um, once they've ironed out, hopefully anyway, soon, once they've ironed out these sort of little vagaries of VAR and, and, and the, the protocol, you might see Liverpool with even with the catering in the field and a box station and just having that same level of control. Do you reckon we'll have to pay rights for having all these tunes on in the background? I'm <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to listen time back to this, yeah. yeah. Uh, James, what would you all take them on the midfield going forward? Is this one where Klopp's just gone, all right, well, this is a game where I can actually see what what happens here and I'll play these? Because the rest, I mean, up front, it was the front three as normal, so they could have no excuses there. And Liverpool scored four goals, but... You know, two of them came from one of the midfielders, and I'm pretty sure that the other, like, the final two came when Oxley Chamberlain had gone off. Adney and Wan Alderman come on was playing a little bit more in its more, you know, usual role of doing what Wan Alderman does. Do you think it's just, you know, one where, as Gorsty said, and as you touched on before, that they just they'll just reserve that for these games where yeah. they can, they, they'll look to be a bit more creative because that's been the one criticism of Liverpool's midfield areas they haven't been creative enough. Yeah, I think I think the big thing was both Oxlade Chamberlain and Cater desperately needed a game. I think both of them had enhanced their their kind of prospects with the way in which they influenced the game at Old Trafford when they came on. And I'm sure Klopp was looking at it and thinking, I'm probably learn more about them by throwing them into this one than I would them playing against a heavily changed Arsenal team in the League Cup next week. Um, and obviously, and I think also from watching Liverpool so far this season, you've always watched them and you've thought. Well, you know, clearly the one area where places are up for grabs genuinely is is the centre of midfield and the feeling that in a lot of games though that that midfield area can be a weakness for Liverpool because there isn't enough creativity. You know, especially you know how many times have we you know, it was so refreshing to see a Liverpool midfielder driving forward and and you know I'm taking you know shots from from distance like Oxley Chamberlain did because. Don't don't really see that often enough, and you know there, there are when he when he does play Henderson, Milner, uh, Wijnaldum, and, and Fabinho. You know when it's a, what three of those four, there's just a huge responsibility on the goals to come from the front three because there's so little coming from midfield, and obviously you know you can't always you need to be able to hurt teams in in different areas. So that was that was the great thing, and I, I still think there's room in this team in most games for a Kiter or an Oxley chamberlain in that midfield. I just don't think there'll be very very many games where both of them play, just because I, I just think both of their you know instincts are, are more attacking than, than than defensive. And it'll be intriguing to see what Klopp goes with when, when Tottenham come to Anfield on Sunday. I think um, I think I think it's a really, really difficult one to call. I think Fabino I think is nailed on. Uh, it was no no great surprise that he covered more ground in that game against Genk than any other Liverpool player because he had so much covering to do. Um, because you know there was just wide open spaces either either side of him. But I think I think he starts. I can see him going with Wijnaldum 
And then I, th I think it might be. I think I think he, either Cater or Lot say Chamberlain will keep their place. I think that would be my guess. But yeah, I don't. I don't think I don't think we'll see those two in the same midfield that often. You know, apart from those games where you're playing against very limited opposition who aren't really going to pose much of a threat to you, and you and Klopp just goes on the front foot and tries to attack. Now, Neil, you mentioned Cater before. He caught with some good numbers, didn't he? I think yeah. you were going through them last night after the game. What was it? Most ball retrievals, most passes, most, most touches in the game. Touches, yeah, by a mile as well. Like yeah. 138 touches, 118 passes, 12. Ball recoveries, 14 duels, more than anyone else. All these were more and, than anyone else on the pitch. And he put the pass in for Firmino yeah. to set up. No, I don't, you know, we, we don't like phrases like that on this podcast. But you actually saw the replay. It was a great pass, wasn't it? Because he kind yeah, of clipped like it over, scooped, and, scooped yeah. the end over, and then Firmino plays it back. And well, it was a great goal for Oxlade Chamberlain, very well taken, and the best goal Paul Goldson's has ever seen. Oh, oh, you've downgraded it already. No, I, I said <laughs> one. Of them. You did say one. You did say one. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what you get. I suppose the more impressive thing out of it is, I think he also had one of the best accuracies as well in his passing. It wasn't just. You know, he takes risks with his passing. Well, no one's, ever, no one's ever said that. Yeah, that was his first touch. <laughs> yeah, that was his first touch. I mean, no one's ever said that he wasn't great at passing the ball. Yeah. And, and you know, we've, we've seen people talk about if he does lose it, it tends to be when he's trying to play the passes that other players wouldn't play going forward. And that's why sometimes yeah. it can reflect poorly on his stats. But that's another example of where actual raw statistics don't really tell the whole yeah. story. Yeah, but, 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 but what they do tell is that one. His teammates were trusting him on the ball yeah. an, an awful lot, and two that he was in often the right position to receive the ball an awful lot, which is always good, isn't it? Really, you know, you, you look at you look generally at the more attacking players have fewer of those touches, complete less passes. He's top of the list for everything, and yet he's still getting through a little bit of defensive work, or quite a lot of defensive work. So that's what we were told he was like, wasn't it? When he signed, he was supposed to be this mix of sort of a ball winning player who picks up yellow cards and gets his foot in and also someone who can dribble and carry and pass and create and score so we haven't yet I don't think seen enough to suggest that he's what he was made out to be when he signed but the signs at least last night are that he's got you know against certain opposition for, for the time being he's got, he's got that in his locker now the test will be can he can he do it one two three four five games in a row the blood red podcast from the Liverpool Echo I think this was only his seventh game, James, that he'd actually started and finished, but I've got only seven, 90 minutes in what's been there now, 15 months playing there. Yeah. That's yeah. not many, is it? No, and I think it's kind of out of keeping with what we thought Liverpool were getting when he signed, because he had this reputation as, you know, like, you know I remember speaking to like Diddy Herman about him, him saying, you know, wow, you know, this fella, you know, he, he's so strong and robust and, you know, puts his foot in and, you know, the, the physicality of the Premier League won't, won't give him any issues whatsoever. And then I think... It hasn't, no, has it really? It's I been... don't know. I think he's been. I think he has. I think he has struggled at times, and he has picked up. You know, you think about Naples last season yeah. when you know he stretched off, and then everyone's thinking, "Wow, you know, he's going to be out for a while here," and you know, he was back back available. I think the following weekend, and he's had he's had a lot of setbacks. And I mean, I felt I felt really sorry for him back in you know, what was it, late April, early May, when you know he was he had a really good. I think he scored. He scored three in the space of five games, and and you thought finally. You know, no more false starts. This is this is the navigator that Liverpool thought they were getting. Then he got that groin injury in the new camp, and and then I, I felt for him over the summer as well because you know, he was certainly badly badly treated and badly advised by Guinea. You know, there was huge pressure on him. 
because he is the poster boy of their national team to, to go to the Africa Cup of Nations when you know, clearly he wasn't fit, you know, and then broke down again. So, you know, the last thing he needed was another shortened pre-season. Um, and I think there's been issues. I think it's, he's been a bit slow then to settle. I think I was a bit surprised that when he when he when he was at Liverpool last season, he, his English still wasn't very good, considering that he'd had a whole year knowing that he was coming to Liverpool before before we arrived. But I think you know now his English seems to have improved a lot. I think he's more incorporated as part of the group. Um, you know, living living next door to Klopp in in Formby, um, and you know they, they share lifts to training to try and you know make him. You know, make him feel feel included all the time, and he, he that that felt like a big step forward for him against uh, Genk. I think, as we said, now he just has to kick on because you know it's one thing doing it against the Belgian champions. He, you know, now you know can he convince Klopp that he uh, he can be trusted in in really really big Premier League games because um, Liverpool paid a huge amount of money for for Cater, and you'd have to say probably he's the only kind of decent money signing under Klopp that. You know, it hasn't yet quite lived up to what we what we thought we were getting, um, but hopefully this this is the start of a of a really good spell for him. You enjoying the tunes? I was. I'm, I'm not a big fan of this one. Of <laughs> 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 Look at an, another player who who's had, a, had an interesting game. I think on uh, Wednesday was Mohamed Salah. Yeah. Because for about 70 minutes, he was just everything he did. Well, not nearly everything he did. Was, he certainly was choosing the wrong option all the time. He was running down. You know. Dead ends and stuff like that, and he was just giving the ball away, and he couldn't play passes straight. Yeah, by the end of the game, he's got an assist for Mane, and he scored a very good goal, a very typical Salah goal, the way that he turns away. And you look at his raw numbers; I think he's played 13 games this season. He's got seven goals and four assists, which I'm pretty sure remains, still remains his best start to a season. I mean, he was coming back from an injury. You know, you could argue he'd been out for th- nearly three weeks with what he suffered against Leicester. What do we make of his performance? Because he's he's becoming one of these players, certainly from the action on, reaction on social media, that they can never really understand it when he doesn't get substituted when he's not playing well. But you saw why yeah. he doesn't get substituted That's when he's not playing well because he has the assist and he gets the goal. That is exactly it. I mean, players like him, you know, attacking players who can produce something special in an instance. That's why you have to persist them when sometimes they're, they're a bit on the par. You know. Who's, Perfect example is that game last night. I, I, I thought it was awful all game, and for the passes he was he was trying, he, he was delaying it a bit too much, and they were getting cut out quite easily. And it was just a, a bit of a poor game from them all round. And I thought maybe he was feeling the after effects of that ankle injury that kept him out at Manchester United. And then two minutes later, he receives the ball, he skins two defenders, and sticks it away with his right foot, and that you know. It's different in terms of when a centre-back's having a poor day or a midfielder's having a poor day. If an attacker of such brilliance is, is struggling a little bit, all they need is one moment to, to you know, show you why they are revered as they are. And that was certainly the case last night with Salah. No, no real concerns with him long-term. We just thought it wasn't his best game, but his goal was fantastic. Michael Owen, isn't it? That, that, that was yeah. Michael. You'd never, you would never take Michael Owen off, would you? Yeah, yeah. You, you, think, you think of the 2001 FA Cup final. Michael Owen was absolutely garbage that day. Like garbage until the last 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was. I mean, he couldn't. Everything was gay. You, you ever watched, watched that, watch that game back? Everything bounces off him. He didn't hold the ball up. He didn't have a threat. Two chances, two goals. There you go. Another club in the cup. It's the Michael Owen Cup final. He don't take Sal. Salah's in that same vein. He's not the same type of player as Michael Owen. He's very, very. He does get taken off. No, no, no. And, and, and think about it. If you're the opposition, and you see after 70 minutes the game's not won yet the game will not lost yet if you're the opposition yeah. and the board goes up and Salah's walking off you're having a breathe out aren't you and saying lovely 
yeah. job yeah. done. You know, you don't you don't do it. And, you know, it's very rare that Salah is. Firmino tends to get the breather. Mane sometimes does, but, but Salah keeps on. And, He's got that hunger, I think it bodes really well for Liverpool that A, he got through 90 minutes after, like you say, two and a half weeks out, and B, he finished the game ten times stronger than he'd started. Yeah, which... and he took the goal so yes. well. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. we've been talking about how he has been quite wasteful at times this season and snatched the chances you'd expect him to put away, but that was, that was like, from the ice-cool Salah of his first season at Liverpool when he got 44, so... That, that bodes well for the weekend as well, and he's, he's got a bit of previous against Tottenham. Do we count? Do we count? Do we count? They also need to find something like that, I think, for weeks' wages for wasting the better Camino's assist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's unforgivable from Sadio. As much as we love him, as lovely as he was in the mid show last night when he. Um, he, he came back and, and, and held his hands up and apologised for why he wasn't going to speak to us. <laughs> Reason wasn't great, but um, he, uh, he, he, he could have he could have created one of the great Liverpool goals there, couldn't he? That would have been replayed for years and years and years. That did you uh, did you speak to anybody in the mix zone that was like, alongside you and got in your way a little bit? Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Less said about that that fellow the better. But could we at least tell us a little bit about him? I, I mean, it's, 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 I don't know, don't know what to say. I, I, I think he was a Belgian reporter, but he didn't seem interested in stopping anyone to chat. He was he wanted selfies and fist bumps, and he was checking his uh, his. His hair and his phone, and oh, yeah, he, was, uh, he wasn't my favourite person anyway, let's, let's put it that way. Uh, you mentioned Sadio Mane, uh, James. Does he get an assist for Salah's goal? Did he pass it in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so is he claiming an assist for that, even though Salah then turned past three players and then put yeah, it in? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And did Salah pass it through to Mane for his goal? Yeah. Yes. First yeah. time Salah set Mane up for a goal this season. Yeah. yeah. So, so amazing, isn't it? Maybe they don't hate each other after all. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe they're all fine. Um, <laughs> It was, uh, it was. That's what we were saying about earlier on. It was, you know, that kind of fluency. That you know, there, there were some absolutely top quality moments in, in terms of some of the interplay around the box. I mean, Firmino just on a different planet sometimes, isn't he? The way that he operates. I think reading some of the quotes from the Genk defenders afterwards, and they they just they simply just don't. We don't face anything like this normally. They said, you know that. And they said, um, you know, we were up against the best team in the world. One of them, one of them said, and they, you know, there were times in that game where we couldn't live with them because, and, and that's what we were saying earlier on about Oxley Chamberlain as well. Because it's, when you've got a midfielder that is capable of doing that, you know, it, it stops teams as well from dropping so deep and just trying to stop teams from trying to get in behind them. Because if, if you've got someone who can who can find the net from 20, 25 yards out, then then you you, you can't you can't drop drop so deep. So. Um, yeah, you know, Liverpool just have you know, far too much for them. And suddenly, you know, when you think after match day one, you were thinking you know, that Liverpool have made life really difficult for themselves in this group now. And that, now you look at it and you think, well, Liverpool shouldn't have any issues against Genk at, at Anfield. You know, that'll be that'll be nine points out of twelve. You probably I was surprised that Napoli actually won in um, Salzburg. I thought I thought Salzburg might have taken something out of that. But you'd, you'd expect Napoli to beat Salzburg again. In Naples, so you know, the, the group is almost done and dusted, really, after match day four. So, you know that that then has a knock-on effect um, because you know, I, I don't think you want to be going to Salzburg needing something, and the probably Liverpool won't. And of course, that's in a month where they're off to um, Qatar for the Club World Cup as well. So, you know, that bodes really well for what's going to be a, a really hectic period. Neil, yeah, we were at the under-19s. They won two 0 Did you see what Salzburg Napoli ended up? 
No, I didn't actually know. 17 to Celtic. Yeah, it was 2 1 when we were looking 17, yeah. But the point being there is that now Liverpool, Liverpool are in a, Liverpool, them, yeah. Exactly, Liverpool are in a very strong position in that. Yeah. Just very briefly, just because, you know, mentioning the thing. Leighton Stewart scored, yeah, Curtis Jones, Jones scored. And, that's and, and there's the, the Genk goalkeeper yes, right, who started yeah. in that game, was on the bench for the first team <laughs> in the evening. With yeah. muddy knees, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perhaps a sign of the you know the comparison resources from the two clubs I think, there. I, suspect. I actually think our, our, your listeners can check, but uh, I think he played against Napoli. That that, that kid, played, really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he kept a clean sheet against Napoli in the last group game. Interesting little fact, way. Carry on. <laughs> of course, we'll just finish then. I mean, Liverpool, James just mentioned then about the Champions League group. Are you now expecting them just to stroll through? James has just written it off already. Mr. Yeah, Conf- Mr. Yeah, yeah. Positive over there. To, as he was making that point, I was thinking, do you know what? Yeah, I had to do Just feeling bullshit. <laughs> and also, no, you know, um, I've got to say, yeah. Michael Jackson just come on as well. Is, yeah. point are, you, uh, yeah. are you, are you going to take on any uh, Genk bar operators? Or, or bar no. No. I wasn't sad to see the back of Genk, to be honest. The people at the club were lovely, but as a place, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be rushing It's not the there. easiest place to get a taxi. No, me, no. me and Neil walked five and a half kilometres from the stadium back to the city centre to then wait another hour for a taxi that then refused to put the meter on and charge me 45 euros for a trip that cost 10 euros a couple of hours ago. So. And pe- people think it's all glitz and glamour. I described them as eminently likeable patrons of Genk. And, and, really? and, <laughs> and, and then when I got, then finally did get back to my hotel at about three o'clock this morning, some, and I was trying to finish off my work in the reception area, drunk Liverpool, that's, that's fans, late for you, drunk you. Liverpool fans came back and, and thought I actually worked at the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> and I had some fella putting up four fingers and going, four beers, four beers, mate. It's so. some personal news. I have a new, <laughs> have a new job. <laughs> but did you double up on Domino's like somebody else here? <laughs> did, you have, did you have a Domino's last night? Well, we had the Domino's. What day? We went Thursday. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I thought you'd gone there without me last night. <laughs> no, no, I did on Wednesday. Yeah. Double Domino's? Yeah, yeah, but on wow. Tuesday and Wednesday. Oh, right. you've, got, you've got us fitness freaks, what, five and a half kilometres? Unbelievable. We will conclude then, just while we're. It's just a strange well, place, sorry, I'm just thinking. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, but on the walk back, didn't we see some fella just asleep in the hedge? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did, yeah. I mean, it doesn't reflect well on us that we didn't necessarily stop. I think he was just drunk. I think he was. I think he parked his bike up for a little nap. Yeah, he looked comfortable enough. Yeah, he, he, like he wasn't. A, he was breathing. He, like he, he was definitely. Being, he, was he was alive. I mean, yeah, he was being safety conscious. He didn't want to cycle and drive the. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Was, it, I mean, it was a, it was an intriguing walk. Put it that way, five and a half kilometres. I mean, it's such a. I mean, you know what the Netherlands is like, and obviously Holland and Belgium are the same. The architecture, the architecture is just like <laughs> mind blowing. It's not. You know, like no two houses are the same. Yeah. You know, we look like a funeral palace. It's just, it's just like the, everything looks like a sort of church or a, or a school or a witness. Maybe everything uh, is a church. There are a lot of churches. Yeah, very, a very churches. sleepy town. But I thought I actually thought the, the set up the stadium and yeah. the league stadium. Yeah, really yeah, nice. yeah. and all the people at Genk were lovely. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you can see why they produce good players, Genk, because they've yeah. got. Well, good I'm glad you mentioned that because we're going to finish on uh, Divock Origi was back, and he got a very good reception, didn't he, when he came yeah. on towards the end, James. He did, didn't he? Are you asking me? Yes, yes. I'm asking yeah, yeah. you. Yes. You heard it as well. I know, I did hear the, it. Um, the, the idea of a podcast of me to start to say, oh, state okay. something. Or you can just... Yeah, oh, remember, we used to do this quite yeah, a lot, remember? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. all coming back to me yeah. now. Um, no, I mean, he's a hugely popular figure across the whole country, isn't he? With, you, know, you think, what he's, a, what he's achieved, and you know, they, I think they must take great pride in 
the fact that he is now a, a champion of Europe and, and obviously his contribution in the final against Tottenham. Um, yeah, he got a got a brilliant got a brilliant reception and thoroughly deserved because um, his attitude's just been absolutely spot on, hasn't it? You know, you, you think back to this time last year and his, his Liverpool career was in absolute tatters, wasn't it? And, wasn't getting a look in, was barely making the bench, and you just expected him to. Belgrade, yeah. And that yeah. he was poor, though, yeah. wasn't he? Like, it was, you know, nothing really happened to him, too. I mean, I still think back to that Merseyside derby and just thinking, what the hell is Klopp doing bringing him on with five minutes to go or whatever it was, because you didn't see that, you didn't see that coming, and then it just shows what confidence can do for a footballer, because he has a moment like that, which. Most players will wait 15 years in their career and never have a moment that special, and then he just absolutely kicked on. Um, and uh, yeah, it was nice. It was because it was, you, you quite often there's so much pettiness in football, isn't there? When players go back to yeah. their old clubs. And, but, but his dad played for Genk as well, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Played well, there, yeah. So yeah, he's yeah. got he's got you a family to, connection. He's never played in Belgium, has he? In the in Belgian league football? Not professionally. Yeah. Uh, you seem to think that the uh, Genk crowd were quite scouts as well. In their yeah, chance. I, I just thought I did think it was one of them where <laughs> they had a little twang to them, they had a little you know, they had the scouts sort of accent to it. But it's nice to hear both ends of the stadium singing the same song. And, you know. Obviously, we don't want to go too deep into the other parts yes. of Ocarini's evening, but yes. it was nice that the evening ended on a, a more upbeat note for, yeah. for him. Yeah. And yeah, I like this song. Yeah, and now, it is, it is would, would, you, would you like to sing us out? No, I don't really know the words to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just happy. Do you, do you do know what it is on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's Britain. Yes, yeah, yeah. Never know with it. And on that contemporary bombshell, we'll finish. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to all those tunes and having us speak over it. Cheerio. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.